Hello and welcome to Connected episode 256. It's made possible by our sponsors, Pingdom, Smile, and DoorDash. I'm your host, Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. And by Mr. Mike Curley. Well, I'm here. Yeah. You're not, you're not on the beach. No. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm very good. Are you? I feel like you, you need to provide some follow-up about how you're feeling. Oh, uh, I fractured my spine. Well, you're... I don't think we need to go into it any further than that, do we? A, a vertebrae. Well, it's still a spine. I could say I broke it. I broke my back. I've been saying that to some people. All of these things are somewhat yeah, true. Yeah, your spine is like the, the gooey bits. No, no, that, no, no. The spine know. is the bone. You're thinking of the spinal cord. Maybe. I didn't, I didn't touch that. Okay. Luckily. The, the doctor yes. was very happy to show me that my spinal cord was intact. That's good. But yeah, you may remember a few episodes ago when I was ever so slightly merry at the beach. Uh, one of the reasons is because I was trying to get the pain to go away. Because either the day before or two days before, I had a silly accident where I jumped off something too high. Had a bad landing. Turns out, after an MRI, that I have indeed fractured a vertebrae uh, in my lumbar spine. Which apparently, the note says that now I am like medically 10% shorter which i don't fully understand what that means that seems like too much i assume that it must be like my spine is 10 percent smaller um for the time being so that's fun do your pants seem longer than they used to <laughs> like these were shorts and now they're jeans yeah, it's weird i don't have to duck my head down anymore but i, I don't really get what the 10 percent means like it's one of those things where like here's your report and it's like here's a bunch of stuff i've never understood yeah. before right um but yeah i'm i'm uh dealing with a spinal injury i'm glad you are okay i'm glad it's not more serious than it is mm -hmm. it's uh, a minor loss of anterior vertebral body height so it's the height of my spine basically i think yeah but yeah it's quite a quite a thing so was it worth the rush that you felt no if you see me in san francisco when we're going to be there next week be hug me gently i guess <laughs> be would be would be my yeah. request well, uh, we got, glad we got that. That's a good bit of follow-up, though, right? It is, Like, yeah. oh, follow-up, I actually fractured my spine. <laughs> just in one place. And there's no surgery or anything, right? You just have to take it easy. 12 weeks of recovery. Okay. Where wow. I was told, and I quote, to avoid pain. <laughs> like, in life? That like, was the Philosophical I was pain? Philosophical pain? Yeah. When he explained it, the doctor, it made more sense. But I just liked the phrase because that was how he started it. Mm -hmm. But it's basically the idea of if something hurts, stop doing it. Oh, um, so, so you're off right? Twitter for 12 weeks. Yeah, it's just a lot of things I can't do anymore. Uh, but yeah, so there we go. That's where I am. 12 weeks of recovery, uh, in theory. Probably shouldn't be taking multiple transatlantic flights during that period of time. But like, got to be there for the people, man. Got to be there for the people. That's right. You're a, you're a podcaster of the people. Spine or no spine? <laughs> I mean, you still have one. You're not... It's not complete, though. We're not pouring you into a bucket. I don't know. Maybe I lost a tiny piece. You could turn it into a keychain or something. I don't want him to go in there and get it, though. Mm -mm. Stay away. I could do it. Yeah, okay. I got some you tools. Got, I got the tools. I got a very specific set of skills. Look, if you can upgrade the RAM in a Mac Mini, you can basically do spinal surgery. Yeah, I mean, humans don't have RAM doors either. That's true. Just think about it. So that's, that's all done. We spoke about RSS 
last episode, I think, mm-hmm. and you were on to me about cleaning out my RSS subscriptions, and I have done so. I neglected to write down the number of subscriptions I had before I started cleaning, so that that's my bad. But uh, I got rid of a lot of duplicate stuff like we talked about, and it is nicer. It really is. On the topic of RSS, though, I did want to point out that Net Newswire, which is a name that should be familiar to a lot of our listeners, it was an RSS reader for the Mac for a long, long time. And, and then iOS. And iOS, yes. I forget about the iOS version because it wasn't very good. <gasps> but uh, it has been sold a couple times. Anyways, it is now back in the hands of Brent Simmons, who created it. And he is working on Net Newswire version 5. There's a public beta. I have that link in the show notes. I've been running it on my Mac for a while now, and it's definitely a beta. Like, there's some customization, like, particularly font size customization that I really wish was there that's not there yet. Uh, But it's really nice, and it is fast and lightweight, and it doesn't crash like Reader does in the background. So I'm enjoying it. So if you're uh, if you are using Feedbin, you can check this out on the Mac. That is the only syncing engine that it hooks up to at the moment. Mm. You can also just have local accounts if you're not doing RSS anywhere else. But if you're a Feedbin customer like I am, you can plug into that. Uh, that feels very artisanal to like not have your RSS service syncing. Sync, yeah, it does, right? <laughs> right. You're like I only believe in RSS on this one machine, mm-hmm. and I don't want my subscriptions to go anywhere else. That feels very like hipster RSS. It does. Uh, and he has said that there were plans to add more services, but, you know, it's a beta and Feedbin apparently was the one that got done first. So, Is that probably the most popular, Feedbin? Feedly, I think, is the most popular. Looking at the stats for 512 pixels, Feedly by far is the most popular. Okay. But I think Feedbin is, like, kind of popular amongst our circles maybe because it's really simple. It's like, you know, you pay for it. Feedly is, is free, but a lot of people don't like the way their apps work or the way they do things. Right. So. I don't um, remember the crazy one that I'm on. What am I on? I know Reader or something. I, I know Reader. Yeah, that's yeah. like the Federico Vatici version. And I, like, I know it has like a lot of what is effectively server-side rules you can do with it, right? Where you can like set up. I do none of that. Absolutely zero of it. I just signed up for it because it was what Federico told me to sign up for. The content reader for power users who want to save time. That's the that's the Wow, that line. does describe you. Mm-hmm. I am a power user and I do want to save time. So We have one... Um... It's not, I don't know. I put it in follow-up because there really wasn't a place for it. But I want to talk about the the MacBook Pros that we spoke about weeks ago that were being recalled for battery failures. It is the 15-inch late 2015, so like the last one before the USB-C Thunderbolt touch bar revolution. Mm-hmm. A great laptop. Marco and I have both praised it. We've both used it on and off over the years. And uh, they have this big deal where like the batteries are catching fire apple had some like really strong language about that if you own one of these machines uh please look at the uh link in the show notes and check your serial number and make sure that you are not uh in (laughs) in this list where you need to have your macbook pro serviced i'd heard uh, from a couple people who are sort of still in like mac service roles to get these repaired it takes a while because they're not shipping them via air they're they're being shipped by truck because they don't want to put these on airplanes because some of these batteries are, you know, uh, dangerous. And uh, turns out that that has caught up to to the MacBook Pro. The FAA has announced that these machines are not uh, allowable on flights anymore, following in the footsteps of the Note 7. And uh, I have a lot of questions about this. Like, how how are airline safety regulators and staff going to know that you have a 2015 
and not a 2013 or 14 that look the same, or if your serial number is in the batch, or if it's not. I don't know. I have a lot of questions about the nuts and bolts of this. That's the thing. Is like, okay, well, what if you got it fixed? How do you prove that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Right? Like, if you had this laptop and you went through the recall program, how do you show the air flight uh, agent or whatever, what do they call flight attendant, that you have a fixed laptop? It's a, a good question. Maybe uh, you get a little, like, sticker with it that has a little airplane on it with a thumbs-up emoji. Uh, so I have a terrible thing. Uh, I have a terrible admission to make for you now. Worse than breaking your back? Yeah. Um, when I was looking at this article, I was like, I think we have one of these computers. <laughs> and I hadn't thought to get it checked. I don't know if Adina has a 15 or a 13. I don't remember. So I just sent her a text message and I was like, oh, you should check this. Right. And then she said, oh, my God, is that why it gets so hot? So that's what's going on. That's what's going on in my life. We are not taking it with us on the plane, but I don't know if it's the 13 or the 15 that she has, but irrespective, uh, that computer gets hot apparently. So that's good to know. Only the 15s blow up. So that's good. But did the 13 need to be recalled as well? I don't think so. It probably just gets hot. (laughs) That's good news. Uh, Bloomberg, man, they got the picture of the right laptop and everything. Good job. Congratulations, everybody. It is August, and we have a couple of uh, just reminders. One, today is Wednesday, August 14th. There is one day left to pick up a Relay FM 5th anniversary t-shirt. If you're listening to this on August 16th, it is too late, and it is gone forever, and I'm sorry. So, But there you, may be some pins still available, though. The, we have a small selection of pins still available yes, after there, that day. There will be pins left. Uh and those will just sell until they're sold out. But the shirts are on like a pre-order, so they get printed and stuff. So if you haven't gotten one of these, now's the time. Uh, I will say I have some of the enamel pins here, and they are really cool. And I'm really excited to see the shirts when they ship in a few weeks. Secondly, Relay FM membership month is August. It kind of bleeds into September, too. You know, mid-August to mid-September. Yeah. And uh, this is the time of year where we talk about the the membership program here at Relay FM. It goes on year-round. There are perks year-round. So we send a behind-the-scenes newsletter each month. And we have a Relay FM members-only podcast that I host where I pull uh, hosts from different shows and we talk about something. Or sometimes I interview a host about something they've done. And that's really cool. I really enjoy doing that show. And uh, that is a member perk. You can learn more about membership at relay.fm slash membership, or if you go to relay.fm slash connected, you can support this show with just a couple of clicks. But the big perk happens in August and September where we release members only uh, bonus episodes of every show. Some shows team up and do things, uh, some shows do it solo. So, like for instance, on Liftoff, Jason and I are going to be watching the movie Armageddon, which is going to be a real adventure. I'm going to talk about that. Um, Mike, you, Gray, and Jason have completed another text adventure. Mm-hmm. It's going to be out on Friday. I've, I've heard it. I think it's the best one yet. I love it Ooh, so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. So go check that out. We would love your support. If you are a Relay FM member, of whether it's this show or any other show, uh, thank you for your support. It, it really means the world to us. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. This is our annual Relay FM Q&A episode. So every August, Mike, you and I... Uh, take questions and we answer them. Uh, we've done it on video. We've done it on Connected. So we're doing it on Connected this year. And uh, we're going to get into that. But first, I want to tell you about our first sponsor, if that's okay. 
I would love it. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom, the company that makes website performance monitoring really easy. Everyone loves a fast website, and Pingdom is helping keep your favorite sites online. Netflix, Amazon, Spotify, Twitter, BuzzFeed, Slack, Relay.fm. These are just a few of the websites and services that trust Pingdom to take care of their monitoring. Websites are pretty complicated. We're well past the days of just static files. We have user registrations, logins, checkouts, and much more. And Pingdom can monitor all of those site transactions because they care about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. And if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. You can set up how Pingdom will notify you. So like I said, we use this on Relay FM. So I get a text message and a push notification from Pingdom if the website is down. You don't want to hear your website being down from an email or a tweet. You want to know so you can get, get in there and get it working. And Pingdom gives you that power. It's super easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is your URL and they take care of the rest. That's it. So go to pingdom.com slash Relay FM right now for a 14-day free trial. There's no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. My thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. So we have over the last couple of weeks been asking for our listeners to send us in questions under the hashtag RelayQA, and we have lots of wonderful questions um, that we're going to go through today. The first comes from Kate. Kate asks, since the last Q&A, is there anything in particular that has happened in relation to the company or otherwise that you hadn't previously thought could be possible? What do you think? Um, I think the frequency of live shows and the success of them that we have, uh, especially maybe over the last six months or so, kind of starting with our tour, right, that was in October, uh, considering we didn't do kind of any live shows uh, the year prior, you know, like we, we kind of, we did our live show in June, right? Which was the, one of the bigger ones that we'd done when ever, actually it was the biggest we'd done ever, right? At the hammer mm-hmm. at WWDC. Yeah. The first one. And then kind of enjoyed that so much that we went on tour in October and we did a bunch of shows, uh, in a bunch of cities and have kind of since then been doing more and more of them. And I mean, we're doing another two, uh, next week, right? <laughs> back to back. Back to back. That's going to be a new experience. Um, we're going to be doing our big live show Thursday, Pan Attic Live on Friday. But like just the way that, that, that we, well, the way that you have kind of, you, you know, you're the kind of the driving force behind the live shows, but the way that we've been able to kind of have these things come together and be more frequent and be successful um, has been a surprise to me. I mean, we're, you know, it's it's not a lot, but we're not losing money on live shows anymore, which we had been yes, previously. Yeah, the, the first several were at a loss. And uh, yeah, I think that's a good answer. I think looking back over the last 12 months, that's what comes to mind for me as well. Just that we've done, you know, we did WBC, like you said, we did Chicago, New York, Toronto on that tour. Mac Parisers had, has had two live shows and we did WBC again and now this. And I think to say that like the company does like a yearly theme do thing, which like you guys talk a lot about on Cortex, but I don't know if, if Relay does that as a company, but if there would have been one for the last 12 months, it would have been like live shows, like getting us out into the world. We want to do more of them. Uh, I'm already sort of have, having some ideas put together for early 2020, and it'll be something that we continue because it's so great to, to do what we do with an audience, hang out with people, 
And I really love it. And we're at a point now, this this big San Francisco show excluded because it's so bonkers. Like we, we've kind of gotten to a rhythm of how they work, like what we need to do. The equipment's all dialed in. So some of the stress of making it happen has faded over time. And it means that, that I think we're more willing to do them uh, more often. And because people will ask me, uh, I would love to do a show in London at some point, And we will. I just don't know when. But like it's something that I really want to do, uh, but it's just something that is more difficult because it's all dependent on like what show is it going to be. Yeah. Well, I, I'll say here if we want to do a connection to London, Federica is pretty close. It, you know, I can come over. Yeah. Do something. What is something? Yeah. I would like to do that very much, but it's just a case of the logistics of that. Yes. Are significant. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> That's a big and deal. So. So, like, it's a thing that we would really love to do, but it's just about when. But it is something that we will do. Maybe over the next 12 months, right? Like, maybe sometime in 2020. Hopefully, if we can find a reason, I don't know. But, like, it would be a wonderful thing to do. We And we do really want to do it. So, it's just a case of working it out. Uh, Scott asks, where did the idea for Relay come from? What got the ball rolling? I guess it depends what Scott is, like, actually asking. But, like, mm-hmm. my, my the way I am interpreting this is, like, why did you start the company? Um, and I, I guess it was just a case of, well, we'd both been doing this stuff for a long time. Like I started in 2010, you started not too long after that. And we'd moved through various things, right? Like setting up a very kind of small duct tape together network, um, which was, which we moved over to five by five. And then it kind of just got to the point where I felt like, I felt like I had achieved everything I wanted to achieve, but didn't have the outcome that I was looking for, which was for podcasting to be my full-time career, right? Like, I feel like I'd achieved everything I wanted, but didn't have the outcome. So then I was like, okay, well, then I need to start again, I guess is probably the best way to think of it. And for me, starting again was doing it on my own and like in my own way and all that kind of stuff. And I shared that with you. And when I shared that with you, you were kind of like, oh, me too. So... (laughs) So we just did it. Here we are. Yeah. And and then it was just a case of like working out like this is everything that we know. This is everything that we've learned. And these are the ways that we would want to do it. And when we did it that way and and when we owned the business and could profit the way that a business does, it it made more sense for us. And and the next question actually leads into the rest of what I'm about to say. So I will hold on that on a minute. But, (laughs) But that was why it was just a case of like create being like creatively itchy feet right which is like a do you familiar with that phrase sure so like we you know we we just wanted to do something new and wanted to do something different and i also felt like i had other challenges that i needed to face because everything that i'd done to that point hadn't gotten me to my ultimate goal yeah i think that's well said you know f- for me when we started this you were further down the road into like wanting to do this for a living and that, again, this goes into the second question here in a second. Uh, but very quickly, it became clear to me that that if this company were successful, we could both do it full time. And for me, at least, that wasn't my goal in starting the company. Like I, I admit that my vision of it at the beginning was, hey, you know, we can make some like pretty decent side money and we'll have like a place to do our own thing. And I definitely didn't foresee where it is now five years later i mean even that but like then though like i when we started it was a dream it wasn't like an inevitability definitely right so it did feel like okay we could maybe like 
build something different and earn some good side money, mm-hmm. but and then hopefully one day turn it into what we do for a living. But that hopefully came quicker than we imagined, I think. Yeah. So, so this is Aaron's question, perfectly suited for where we're going. Uh, when y'all decided to, to go full-time, being full-time in the company, were you profitable? How many shows did you have at that point? And before going full-time, how many hours were you putting in a week to podcasting and Relay FM? So y- your story is pretty well-known. You, uh, you went full-time in Relay much sooner than I anticipated, and, uh, but it worked out. Yeah, I mean, what was it, like a month after we started that I quit? Like, I don't think it was long. It was not it long. Feels, it feels like kind of about that that time. Um, I'll find the episode, like, the best telling of these stories, uh, like this particular story, is in is on Analog. Yep. Uh, oh, episode I quit nine. in October. Yeah, I quit in October. So we'd been around for a couple of months. So we launched in the middle of August, and then in the middle of October, um, I quit my day job. Uh, at that point, the company was profitable. That was why I did it. Like, and it was, we were able to be profitable in that sense quickly because we didn't have a lot of overhead, right? Like a company like ours that only exists on the internet doesn't have a lot of overhead. So provided that we could get advertising, which we did from the start because we both built contacts by that point, um, we were able to be profitable. Like the first thing that had to happen was we repaid the money that both me and you invested Mm -hmm. and we kind of did that up until I guess October or whatever. And then once we were set, it was like, all right, it was just a case of, I had a bunch of stuff happen to me, but really it was like, I could see what our bookings were. And I knew that I could at least last three months. Mm -hmm. And so then it was at that point, it was like, well, let's just try it. Like I might as well just try it now um, because we can get there. So that was it. We were still at our original... No, we'd, we'd grown in shows then. I think we had like six or seven shows at that yeah. point. Uh, upgrade and Clockwise had definitely come over at that point. Yeah, um, Rocket too, I, th- I think, uh, right was around that somewhere. sort of time. Yeah. Like So uh, we, we'd started to grow a little bit. I, again, that was like much faster than expected. That was, Jason joining was like a big shock to all of us um in a good way but like that was like a big surprise we weren't expecting to to have started any new shows by that point uh yeah so a uh, rocket was in january so it was a little bit later but um i think that was like the next show after jason's two shows uh so yeah that so we'd started to grow and things were looking up right and so then it was i think it was like oh, okay this is becoming much more of a thing than we'd anticipated a little bit faster than we anticipated but it's, your story is very different though it is so i went full-time uh almost a year into the company uh we were in very different stages of life at the time i had three kids in fact my third was born the month after we launched relay it's like i'd taken a bunch of my own money poured in this company like oh we're gonna have a baby in a month it was uh chaotic in hindsight but uh so i had a job that i really liked at a company i liked doing work that i enjoyed and because there were we had three kids my wife worked only part-time my bar to like make the jump was higher uh, than yours was at that point and um I could have done it earlier. There, For me, there was probably three to four or five months or something where the money made sense to do it, but I, I was hesitant to do it. And I've told the story before, but 
basically uh, Jason Snell and David Sparks ganged up on me <laughs> at uh, mm-hmm. at WWC and said, "Look, you need to quit your job. You need to do relay." And uh, they were right. And I went. I came home and quit my job. And uh, I was hesitant too, though, right? If you remember, right? Like when we were talking about it, like I had a hesitancy of you quitting because I was scared about because I do the lion's share or at least at that time did the lion's share of the advertising work which was where all of our money was coming from at that point yeah i was really worried about being responsible for putting food on your family's table like that was like a big big like thing that i was really scared about um but again it was just like a case of like i was able to get over that quicker then you were able to make your decision but like i remember when we were originally talking about it like that was like a real just like a real like nervousness that i had because at that point the only person being supported full-time by relay was me everybody else wasn't and there is like i think now we're at the case where there are more people who have large parts of their income from our company and that that kind of spreading of it feels more natural and it doesn't really concern me anymore because we we feel not because i'm a monster but because i feel like we're pretty we're pretty solid there is like a case of like we would know very far in advance now if someone was going to have a problem. Yeah. Right. Yep. So the way the way things work. Um, just to round up Aaron's question, before going full-time, how many hours were you putting in a week? I don't know. It was a lot. I mean, I was working 40 hours a week at a job and then probably working another 15 hours a week easily on relay stuff, you know, in the evenings and weekends. And <laughs> I was actually thinking about this. I, I'm probably putting in the same amount of hours. Right, like I genuinely think that like the amount of hours I'm putting in now was the same I was putting in then, but I was also working a job at the same time, because now I have a much better work life balance. But then it was like, I mean, I'm doing about the same amount of shows, right? And I do less editing now than I used to and stuff like that, while still doing the business management. And we now have people we've hired to take jobs away from us. Well, like I reckon I'm probably doing about that. Because I was effectively working two full-time jobs, right? I would come home at six and I'd be done at one. Like, that was kind of my, my life at the time. Um, so I, I probably don't, don't do any more or less hours than I used to, which is horrifying to think about. But I'm happy that I made that sacrifice in my life because now I have the life I want. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a difficult thing to do. It's a difficult thing for most people. And I was just at the stage in my life where I could do it. And I consider myself very fortunate that I was in that in that part. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, reading the show notes for Upgrade Episode 1, which is September 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've forgotten this. It was Jason's review of the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. That feels so long ago. <laughs> I was, when, the, when Episode 1 launched, I was in a hotel room in Italy. Because it was, we weren't, we weren't planning on doing the first episode then. It was... But Jason had an iPhone, so wouldn't it be great to have the first episode go up? And it went up on the embargo time of the iPhone 6. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, this is the perfect way to launch the show. But like, I had, the, but there were funny things like the intro music. I didn't hear it until the episode went up. <laughs> I'd never heard the, the song. It's just like little stuff like that. All right. Back to Kate. There's a lot of Kate. Kate questions. Yeah, Kate had lots of great questions. There's going to be a lot of Kate questions. Yeah, hashtag Kate QA. Is this where you expected to be on your fifth anniversary? How is it different to your initial ideas of the company? I, mean, I think I said a second ago, 
I could never have predicted the level at which we'd be operating now, both in the number of shows, but in the amazing people we work with. And that's really what I come back to with this. Uh If you had told me five years ago, I would get to work with the people we get to work with, many of whom I knew and looked up to, and many who I didn't know, but now look up to now as I've gotten to know them, that's what humbles me the most, is that there are so many amazing people that post shows on our network. Without a doubt, like just personal heroes up and down right like it's it's kind of a wild thing to to be in that position and also because i am a guy like the 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 financials are incredible too from my like i never thought that we would be at the place that we are right like the fact that we are able to both be supported and we're able to help out so many other people with their like creative autonomy basically is kind of wild like i don't there is there are so many things right that you could basically if 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 us of five years ago had access to our own website as it is now and our spreadsheets we wouldn't believe any of it it would all seem like oh what you did was <laughs> create your dream version of what was going to happen and give it to me because that is kind of where we are like this we have i think exceeded at this point all of our wildest expectations for what this company could be so you know i, I can't help but look back and, and at now and just be like and feel very grateful for it all uh jackson asks what has been something that you didn't expect to be difficult but was su- surprisingly so when running a podcast network the mental load of working with such a large group of people is a big one for me I carry around in my brain the desires, needs, and requirements of all of our hosts constantly. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of who I am as a person. Uh, that, that that sort of stuff really weighs on my mind. And I've had to do a lot over time to help me cope with that. But making sure that everybody is, is happy and got what they and get what they need, that is a thing that like it really it really weighs on me. And mm-hmm. I think it helps, right? Like, I think it's a plus. I think we both have this, right? Like, I think our hosts like to work with us because they enjoy working with us. And part of that is because we care about them. So it's a it's a big thing that, that I carry around. And I, I don't think I would have expected, especially because, again, like, I didn't think that we would have as many shows and hosts as we have. So that's that's been a big thing for me. Yeah, that's a good answer. Uh, I think something that comes to mind for me is the... As we've grown, I find it difficult sometimes to like hand things off to other people. Like you said, we have a couple people helping us now yeah. internally with internal uh-huh. tasks. And uh-huh. you did that much quicker than I did. And because I was lose, going to lose my mind otherwise. That was that's, the problem. That's true. And, yeah. uh, and so that's been really good. That's been a very successful um, part of our business over the last couple of years, yeah. of having, having like, people come in and help. The reason I was laughing just now is I am reminded of a call that me and you had a couple of months ago where I basically demanded that you do it. Like yeah. that there was just tasks that you were doing that you didn't need to do anymore that we could pay somebody to do. And mm-hmm. you were very hesitant of it. But I understand because it's it's within your nature to want to manage that stuff. But Yes. And you were right. And it's been amazing to have help Good. in certain things. Yes. And so that, that's something that I continue to look at and continue to make decisions about what I need to do, what I can give to other people. And there will always be, you know, parts of the work that I, you know, are just my favorites. And there's other things that sort of fall to me naturally with my skill set. But there are lots of other things that 
lots of people can can help with. So that has mm-hmm. been something I've had to learn, and um, it's been good. It's been really good, but I, you know, it was a lesson to learn. Here's a great question from Kate. This is for you, Stephen. You've had lots of show changes in the past year. You joined Mac Power Users. You had subnet query and download all retire. What are or were the different challenges of the shows? What have you learned from them? And what is going on with you? That's <laughs> quite the body count when you list them all yeah. yes. out. So I joined Mac Power Users in January, but that move was in the works for some time when David asked me to join. It was you know a couple months before or whenever it was. And I knew then, he and I talked about it, you and I talked about it, the three of us talked about it, I talked to Katie about it, a lot of conversations, make sure this was the right decision. I knew when I accepted the role of co-host on MPU that it was going to require a lot of time and energy from me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that in my schedule when I said yes. And so I looked at what I was doing and query in particular... I knew kind of right off the bat that it was probably time to wind it down. The uh, query and MPU are related in a way. And query, if you're not familiar with it, you probably aren't. It wasn't hugely successful, but it was a show where we sort of answered tech questions from the audience. And it strayed into MPU territory quite often, as you would imagine. And I knew mm-hmm. that I didn't want to do two shows that were that alike. And yep. um, and looking at, you know, this, the raw numbers, query just wasn't a, that big of a show. And so it was kind of an easy decision to... To let that go. It was hard because I, I I hosted that show originally with Serenity Caldwell, who is amazing. It was her idea, and I just kind of came on to help with it. And then she had a career change, and I was joined by Micah, and I couldn't ask for two better co-hosts for that show. I love both Serenity and Micah deeply. Uh, and that made it hard. And it made it hard to, like, I called Serenity. I was like, I think I have to, like, the thing we created, I have to <laughs> I have to, to move on from. And she was very supportive in that, as was Micah. He really understood it. So... Uh, that was important to me that we that we ended it correctly. Subnet was a little bit different. Subnet was a daily show, five days a week we had for a long time, uh, most of that year, doing like tech headlines, like quick tech headlines. A lot of people mm-hmm. listened on their smart speakers. Daily is just hard, and I had help with it part of the way through where Jason took some, Micah took some. But it just got to a point where it was not a lot of work, but it was work every day, and it was it kind of felt like – shackles on my to-do list every day to, to do that show at the end of the day. And um, and I really wanted the the overhead back from, from those projects. And so by the time I joined MPU, Subnet and Query had been marked as retired. Download's a little bit different. Download is a show I did with Jason Snell. Again, it was Tech Headlines, but in like a panel discussion format. I still believe in that idea of a show but it's kind of got to a point where Jason and I couldn't put into it what we needed to. And we thought about doing a host change, but that's really tricky. We kind of decided that at least for now, that idea is sort of had its run. I, mm-hmm. I still believe in that show format. I still want a show like that on Relay FM. But it was kind of clear that download wasn't quite what we wanted it to, to be. And I'm very proud of that show as well. Jason and I, I think we did a really good job, just to speak candidly, with the the panel members that we had, that we had lots of diverse voices on that show. And that was really important to us. And it was important to t- talk with people who were experts in their field and talk to people who really know their stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun to get to know a lot of people through downloads. So a lot of friends of mine now that I've met in this industry because they were download guests and that was our first interaction. So something like that, I think, could come back at some point. But um, 
So those were kind of the challenge of the shows and, and why we wound them down. MPU has been extremely rewarding. The audience of MPU is fantastic. They are extremely engaged, extremely involved in the show, and they've really welcomed me with open arms. You know, it's a big change to change a host after nine years. And I went into it knowing that and knowing that I had to prove that I was, you know, that David had had made the right choice. And I think now nine months into it or whatever, that it's gone really well and the show is healthy and the the audience is just as engaged as they were before. So I think we've transitioned smoothly. And for anyone who listens to MPU, I appreciate you taking a, <laughs> taking a chance on me, uh, knowing that it does change the show fundamentally. But I think it's um, I think it's doing really well. A change show is not a bad show. It's just changed. Just changed. I want to say a little bit about subnet and download. Okay, they were both experiments. Um, subnet was an experiment in working on a completely different format to be delivered via a different medium, which is to be like Echoes and Google Homes and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Um, And that was a project that we started when we were approached by Anchor to kind of see if we wanted to make content like that. And we tried it and ultimately realized that that experiment was never going to lead anywhere that we were really that happy with under that kind of guise, right? Like it was a time sink for you and it, I could never work out how we would make money on it. And at that point, it seemed like, okay, this isn't right for now. Later on, this might be a thing that we can work out, but it wasn't a good use of your time. Um, and so maybe there's something else that we could do in the future with it. And Download was a experiment in like, can and we've got questions about this later, so again, I won't say too much about it right now, but like, can we push out into wider technology? Um, and the answer was yes, but we couldn't break it to the level that you and Jason wanted, right? Like the show right. was very successful, but it wasn't as successful as our Apple focused shows. So it got to the point where you both wanted to focus on things that were better for you. So they were, they were both experiments and they were successful to a point, but that neither of them got to where we wanted to be. And I think as a company, we're trying to be a little bit more, Uh, focused on that right like we can take some risks but if they're not going to work then we've got to be willing to let them go is that fair to say i know they're your shows i want to speak for you but yeah no no it is and i think that download may have been more successful in our goal of breaking past apple if jason had been paired with somebody who wasn't so apple centric as i am and like that was just a staffing issue and i think that that may have hurt it but it was also interesting too. Doing subnet download at the same time was actually great because to prep for download, like I was already doing the work every day with subnet, looking for the three mm-hmm. tech headlines of the day. So with download, picking the four for the week is like here are already twelve. Like let's just pick out of here what seems to be the most important. So they were very uh, influential on each other. And when subnet ended, download kept going for another six months. I felt that difference. It's like oh, like <laughs> I didn't realize how much heavy lifting subnet was doing for download. It's just like an interesting thing behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, we, we, uh, you know, experimented with it. It didn't pan out. That doesn't mean it was a bad idea. It just means that that specific execution didn't do quite what we wanted it to do. All right. We have more questions, but I want to tell you about our second sponsor and that is DoorDash. 
Whether you're super focused at work or maybe you're having a chill day and forgot to meal prep, you still need to eat. And with DoorDash, you can have dinner from your favorite restaurant delivered right to your door. Ordering is super easy. You open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and have your food delivered to you wherever you are. Your favorite pizza place, or in my case, my favorite uh, uh, taco place, they're hardy on DoorDash because there are over a quarter of a million restaurants in over 3,000 cities. That's door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada. So you can order from your local go-tos or choose your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. So I've been using DoorDash. I've, have, like I said, I have this favorite taco place. Mike, you're coming to Memphis. We're going to eat there. It's just inevitable. Mm-hmm. And there have been times where it's like, oh, like just chaos at home. I just want something delivered. You order. It shows up uh, in the app. You get an estimated time of delivery. Everything is handled really nicely. And uh, it's great. You know, restaurants that don't deliver, now they do through DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code CONNECTED. That's $5 off your first order when you download DoorDash from the App Store and use the promo code CONNECTED in the app. $5 is really good. (laughs) You can get like a free lunch. (laughs) I know, it's great. (laughs) Download the app now and start planning your dinner. Don't forget that promo code CONNECTED for five bucks off your first order from DoorDash. Our thanks to DoorDash for their support of CONNECTED and all of Relay FM. All right, so the next question comes from Kate. Uh, Kate wants to know, what is your favorite new thing, work-related or otherwise, that you have started doing this year? Oh, um, man. I, I kind of want to answer otherwise. Like we're talking a lot about work. You should answer. Otherwise was in, was in that, so you should answer otherwise. So I'm going to answer otherwise. I have gotten... Uh, into fishing again this year. So I did that as a kid, and I've been doing more of it. Uh, my daughter enjoys it. My dad enjoy it, enjoys it. So we've been several times, and uh, it's really nice to like not be on the internet and <laughs> go do something outside. And um, so that that is an otherwise thing for me. As far as work, look, I, I'm having a ball on Mac Power Users. It's working with David Sparks is a dream come true. Working with that audience is amazing. I love that I can get super nerdy about the Finder, and Federico isn't rolling his eyes like he does here. Um, so MPU has just been like seriously like bucket list type stuff as far as work. Um, I can't really think of anything I'm doing personally. I mean, I have other work related projects. Like getting into product manufacturing has been pretty interesting for me, and it's something I want to keep working on. Um, but my kind of work thing is this year I've started to hand over editing projects to the very wonderful and talented Jim Metzendorf, who mm-hmm. helps us out with a, with a selection of shows. And having somebody who I trust edit some shows for me um, instead of me doing them has been like a really nice thing. Um, it's been great for the regular shows that I have that I've handed to Jim, but it's also really great when like I have a particularly difficult edit that I haven't got time to do for whatever reason, I can just ask Jim to do it for me and he'll do it. And that's been like giving me a lot of stress relief and freedom and time back. So that's been one of my favorite work things that I've done for myself this year, rather than like making things better for everybody else. It's like, it's just like a thing for me to help (laughs) my working life. Yeah. Right. But like, there are things that we always try and do in the company to make things better. But like, this is for me for my own work, right. Which is making the shows. Um, so that's been like a really wonderful thing for me. It's been good. And, uh, I, I can see the change in your work with Jim taking over more of your editing. So, 
Yeah, because you get you get the invoice, so you can just see me like I do. I do literally see the change. <laughs> like, hey Jim, can you edit this one for me? Yeah, no, it's great, and I've I've used him for a few things, and um, he's going to do the connected game show, which I've apologized to him in advance of how crazy that's going to mm-hmm. be. So, mm-hmm. trust Jim with it. Jim, he's the best. Kyle wants to know what is your favorite non-relay podcast. Uh, it's either wonderful by Griffin and Rachel McElroy or uh, Dubai Friday. I will uh, I will second Dubai Friday. I'm also really enjoying app stories that John and Federico do. That it's kind mm-hmm. of uh, partially behind the scenes at Mac stories, partially interviews, topic stuff, but they do it sort of in a Mac stories way. And um, I, I don't miss an episode. I was trying to like scroll through my <laughs> overcast to find something that is uh, not – Techish. Uh, one that's like half tech, half creative stuff is the Stallman podcast by our friend Tyler Stallman. He does interviews with creators and talks about tech. And even if I'm not super into the world that he's talking about, he does such a good job explaining things and like getting good stuff out of people in interviews that, um, you know, even I'm not, I'm not really trying to choose between Final Cut and Premiere, but I'll listen to an hour of him talking to people about it because it's, he makes it so interesting. Yeah, he's also very talented. I have um, been trying to listen to less technology shows. Obviously, I love them, but because I make them, um, I'm trying to have less like input of it, so I feel like my thoughts can be more organically generated from me mm-hmm. than listening to, to other people and then feel like I'm repeating what they're saying or like hesitating from talking saying something or talking about something because i'm concerned that all this was just like what i heard on such and such show Mm -hmm. um i don't want to be kind of like restricted like that so uh i i I do listen to a couple of the big tech shows i mean if you're thinking about it i'm probably listening to it but the shows that i'm adding into my life uh, uh, i'm trying to make them more entertainment than technology yeah i think that's uh I think that that can be wise. And I, I go through periods where I don't listen to many tech podcasts at all or just don't listen to many podcasts. You know, I sort of um, have seasons where I um, I back off. But it's um, there's so much good stuff out there, right? Like we could name a ton of podcasts and just this could go on forever. So, so we should move on. So Kevin asks, how do you battle possible fatigue covering Apple News on multiple shows? I imagine it must be tough to find your own take multiple times a week. I think you should answer this because you have – two new shows you have upgraded mm-hmm. connected while very different there's a lot of topic overlap so this this I, I, I toss this to you i work very 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 hard on this i try as good like i try as hard as possible to not have overlap so there will be a lot of times where like you might say should we talk about this unconnected and i'm like i don't want to talk about it because i've just spoke about it like for 45 minutes on upgrade and like and i just don't want to repeat myself so like we try and work on other topics or if we are going to cover something i typically you, you probably don't even notice this but like if there's a topic that was on upgrade and connected i either a don't say much about it unconnected because i've already said everything or b there are times where i have kept specific things for the other show. So, like, I have thoughts for one show and thoughts for another show, so I'm not repeating myself constantly, right? Like, that is, like, a big thing that I try and do because I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it for me, let alone for the listener. Like, I don't want to just keep saying the same things over and over again. So I try to keep a split between the two of them because I think it's very possible to do it. There is enough 
topics most, most weeks that it can be done that way. Um, and I try not to repeat myself. So uh, that's how. And to be honest, I think that I do a pretty good job about it because I never get complaints about it. I feel like the only times people ever do complain about it to me, at least what I've seen, I don't know if those people listen to the shows. Like they just see that I do two shows that are focused on Apple News. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of my thing. And like there are, there are things over time that have naturally become the beat of one show or the other. Right. Right. So like, for example... I started talking about folding phones on Upgrade and I don't really think Jason cared too much about me to give him my Samsung Galaxy Fold update every week. So it came here. So it came here because <laughs> you guys were more interested in me talking about it. Sure, if that's what you think is happening, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Or at least you will be more willing to just let me do it. I don't know. But like, th- there are things that over time have just settled into each show dependent on like the overlapping interests. Like For example, Upstream. Talking about streaming services and the content is way more a me and Jason thing than it would be with you two, right? Because I don't think that you two care about the inner workings of NBC too much, but me and Jason seem to really care about it. Because Jason cares about the entertainment, I really am just fascinated in the way that businesses work, so that's why that works there. So, like, you know, each show has its own things. Um, on, on the face of it, they seem like they would be the same, but they're actually not at all. Yep, I think that's a good answer. I have no complaints. Dr. Geek asks, do you feel that Relay is too Apple-centric rather than technology as a whole? I would say there's always room to add non-Apple tech stuff like we did with Download. Uh, there are a couple of things, though. If you look at the wider like tech podcasting scene, it is m- a lot of Apple-centric stuff. Of course, we have material that covers Google and Android, but like you'd be hard pressed to find a really successful or a handful of successful shows covering like Microsoft and windows or covering Amazon and its products. Uh, so I don't think there's really room for like a windows focused PC focused show, but I think there, there is always room to go a little bit broader for us. We started is sort of in this area covering Apple is most of the people we work with cover Apple. And I feel like we've done, a good job at diversifying the types of shows that cover this stuff and, you know, things like upgrade, which, you know, also covering media streaming, like you said, adding things to it organically, but it hasn't been a problem. And in fact, there are strengths to it that sponsors who have products or services that integrate into the Apple ecosystem, or they want Apple's customers to be their customers, you know, we're in a good position as far as that's concerned. So it hasn't ever really – I don't think it's ever really a problem, and I don't think Apple's going to go out of business anytime soon, so I think we're okay there too. I don't think it's an issue. Like, I don't think Relay FM needs to be all things to all people. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's just not a thing that we need to do, right? Like, we do have an audience focus. That's kind of where we fit, and that's just kind of where we are. And we, we have a lot of shows that are not about Apple. To- Honestly – if you look at our roster today, our roster of shows, that is not the majority anymore. Like, talking about Apple. Like, it's not by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. We've got video game coverage. We have... Space. Space with liftoff. We have, like... Creativity. Cre- creativity and art. Des- uh, design, development. Weird Wikipedia articles. Yes. That's the key. Lists of things. <laughs> right? Like, I just think that like, it's it's not the majority of shows anymore. The people that host them are mostly in that world. 
that's a different thing. I guess maybe why it feels that way. All right. Hunter asks, you have so many shows centered around technology that assume the audience has some basic knowledge of how computers work. Would you consider a show focused on the basics, basic whys and hows of computing? So this question made me think of Query. And Query had sort of this fundamental issue at the heart of it of people that have these sorts of questions aren't podcast listeners. And if they are, they're not listening to podcasts on tech networks, right? Mm -hmm. They're listening to mainstream stuff. And so there's that issue where like there's a, there's a, a, a mismatch of like desired audience and actual audience. There's also the thing that I also struggled with on query and, and MPU, we do a pretty good job of this because David has so much experience in it and I'm learning kind of from him how to do this better. But it's actually kind of hard to explain some concepts in technology, especially basic concepts, just over audio. You you do need some sort of common denominator of understanding to make that work. So, for instance, we did an episode of MPU a while back about Keyboard Maestro. And we spent the first 20 minutes talking about like the interface of Keyboard Maestro, but really that show was designed for you to go like look at the show notes and like maybe download the trial of the app and listen as you're checking it out. As a, there's a tricky line to walk there, but having a show that's really focused on the basics, you know that that may that could probably work on YouTube, that can work on the web. I don't know if it works in podcasting as well. That is a very good answer that I was not thinking of. So you did a much better job than I would have with that question. <laughs> so thank you for taking that one. You bet. Kate wants to know, what is it like employing someone? How has it changed uh, the split of roles between the two of us? And how has the, the the roles of these people changed over time? We have five contractors now that we work with, right? Five, six people that that have a number, various levels of time that they give to us from a few hours a month to like... 20 hours a week you know like there's like a scale that we have across the different people that we work with Mm -hmm. um it's definitely changed the way that we work me and you because we don't have to do all the things anymore and has changed our jobs in the sense that we have a lot more things that we're just working on oversight of as opposed to like the actual nuts and bolts you know my kind of feeling on like what is it like employing someone if you find the right person it's fantastic that's uh that's well said i I think Two, I think it changes the way we work because we're not just working mm-hmm. alone. So, like, if we have an idea for something or we want to change something, we are now working with the the people who would be involved in that, right? So, mm-hmm. want to change something about the sales process or, like, the, again, like this live show is just on my mind. So, I apologize. I keep using it as an example. There's a lot of moving parts there, and so I have help doing some of these things that in the past I would have done by myself and it would have been really stressful and having somebody to come alongside me and take some of those things and I trust them that it will be done correctly in the way that I want and all those things is a huge, a huge deal. And it, it frees us up to focus on what we need to focus on, but it also like, honestly, we're a better company for it. We're a better company for yes. having these other people helping us and bringing their expertise and their know-how and their attention to detail to their various components of the company that they touch. There is like an incredibly valuable thing in having somebody say to you, why do you do it this way? Uh-huh. So I don't know. Because <laughs> that's how we've always because done it. Because in 2015, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. So we do it that way for like four more years. 
um yeah we we run way better now because we have other people like when you're not just doing something on your own when you when you have other people that you're working with it forces you to standardize some stuff and that is very valuable mm-hmm. um yeah it is a you know and it it make it also allows us to be more ambitious with things because we're able to grow so that's been really great you know i guess kind of we still do have a division between us right and like of, of who manages what in our company and the way that it works is like those contractors naturally sit in the divisions that me and Stephen have created for ourselves. So like I very rarely interact with our wonderful developer because it's just not, I can't help. So it's pointless. I, I t- All I do is tend to cause work for him in like not a good way, you know? Just like, oh, what about this, 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 and this? And then I leave the Slack room. But, you know, it's it's just that is your skill set. Like, so you manage that and it works well that way. Yeah. I take your crazy ideas and I um, filter them. Filter them. <laughs> that's that's the word yeah. I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, and, you know, you handle the sales side of the company, right? I'm, I'm not out there selling ads. We tried that. I'm really bad at it. Like hilariously bad at it. And you and that part of the company, you know. I can speak into that if I have an idea or a question, but that's sort of your side. And so when things come into our shared inbox or there's a question from a host, you and I know kind of who needs to pick that up. Very rarely is there something that comes into the company that I'm like, I'm not actually sure who should do this or, mm-hmm. you know, like it's become very clear over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. Gray gave us this advice years ago of like that you, we should have a, like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Mike? Uh, Silo. An organizational chart. Oh, no, that didn't come from Greg. It came from a book that, that we read on Cortex. Close enough. I can give Greg credit. He's not going to hear this. <laughs> it came from a book that y'all read on Cortex. That an organizational chart makes a lot of sense. And we did that when we were a company of two. We did that years ago. And as we've added roles and as we've expanded what we do, that is still the template for like where th- where things go. And Honestly, I think we did a pretty good job when we did that because we haven't changed much of it over the years. We've just expanded based on it. Yeah, because I think like you know, I, I don't. Re- we haven't really moved into other areas, right? Like it will just all goes kind. Of, maybe like when we started doing more merchandise stuff, but that just felt like something that was naturally your thing. The E Myth Revisited was the book. Bad book. Good piece of advice. All right. Before we move on to our next set of questions, I want to tell you about our sponsor, PDF Pen from Smile. PDF Pen is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs on the Mac. You can add headers, footers, and watermarks easily to your documents, and you can forget like fiddly PDF editing with their easy precision edit tool, and you can even OCR documents. You know, if you scan something or someone sends you a PDF and you want to search it and you can't, you can run it through PDF Pen and have all that text easily searchable. PDF Pen 11 is out now and includes several new features. You have automatic de-skew independent of OCR. So if something is scanned or you take a picture of a document with your phone, it's sort of cattywampus. It can strain it out. You have customizable page number locations. There are new medical and legal dictionaries for OCR. So it recognizes more words sort of in those domains. Yeah, that's that's serious stuff. Yeah. You know, scanning medical stuff, you want it to know what diseases you have. Continuity camera support for scanning documents with your iPhone. And PDF Pen Pro 11 can edit multiple form fields at the same time. All that and much more. 
Learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro over at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. That's smilesoftware.com slash podcast. Go check it out. Our thanks to PDF Pen for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right. Brian asks, is there any podcasting gear that you are currently desiring? No, I, I put this in for you. Like, I don't want to touch anything in, in my setup. I'm pretty happy. I just bought something for our live show. Yeah. I was limited to recording four tracks at once on my previous recorder, and now I can do 10. I bought What the, is it? We bought the sound devices. Hang on. I like the we. I like I like when he we. says we. Well, I mean, I mean, it's your like money. Like it has literally anything to do with me. I mean, it's your money too. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the box. Sound devices mix pre 10. Is it the 10 or the 10 T? Ooh. 10 T. I don't know if there is a 10. 10 T. Maybe it's just 10 T. 10 T. I don't know what the T isn't there for. Totally awesome, I think. Ah, uh, so that will go out for the first time in our San Francisco show. So I've I've had it. I had a picture on Instagram uh, a couple days ago, setting it up in my office, and you know, getting all the settings the way I want them and stuff. It's it's a really incredible piece of hardware. You know, past that, I, I, at this point, I really only buy gear when I something breaks or I my needs expand, like this. The Mix Pre 10T, I would not just go out and buy this, but we had a need and we, we want to do bigger, more ambitious things. So more tracks at once is important. So uh, we now own that. Usually what happens is Stephen's like, hmm, this is going to be difficult to do with the gear. And I'm like, all right, so what other options is you, do we have? And he goes away and he looks. He's like, well, there's this thing, but I don't know. And so just buy it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much how it goes. We are an audio company. Like, we need gear. It's, it's true. no harm. Because then you're like, oh, well, so let's just keep it all. Like, just you have a big club uh, cabinet. Just put the gear in the cabinet. Because we're not always going to need the 10T. Sometimes we might need the 6 or whatever it was you had before. Like, you do not need to bring the 10T to San Jose because we don't need six yeah. microphones but it's next super year. We're cool. just going to need three. But it's super cool. But you, you have the, the smaller one is just as good, right? And but smaller. it's just smaller. Yeah. This is a wild question. Uh, Majd asks, which podcast do you feel most like your regular self when you record? This came from the chat room. That is so good. That is so good. And I don't know. All right. So I feel like every show that I do, by and large, has just like a different part of who I am in it, depending on what is needed, right? Uh, I would say that like it's probably this show or Bonanza where I'm more just like who I am mm-hmm. as opposed to like holding something back specifically because it's not really appropriate for the show. Business Mike. Yeah. You know. but you know, it's like if you're being serious. Right. Which and I feel like I'm being serious on most of my other shows by and large. Right. Um, like, Cortex is pretty relaxed, but we, we have quite a narrow subject kind of area that we pull from right Mm -hmm. maybe playing for fun as well a little bit but but yeah like the shows where i am more relaxed are definitely where i'm more who i am most of the time yeah i mean i think connected is it for me out of my four we've been doing it the longest out of all the shows i do and so we're the most comfortable with each other Mm -hmm. it is the show that has the tendency to go off the rails the, the the easiest you know which shows more of who you are, right? Yeah, yeah. I think in those scenarios, but it isn't always rel- It isn't always like uh, appropriate. That's true. You know, liftoff is pretty serious. MPU is pretty serious. Ungenius, like in a way, like so. Ungenius is scripted, so I write those, like even the jokes and everything. But we are playing roles on that show, right? Like there, there are jokes that I want to make. Yeah, because you make me a conspiracy theory acceptor all the time. 
Exactly. So they have like a, we have lanes on that show. So I would say out of my four, it's connected. Ted asks, do you think that Relay will ever start using video in podcasts? I'm going to answer this in two parts. One, I think (laughs) doing... two, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) One, no, two, yes. I think that if we just added video to what we do now, it would be incredibly boring and not very compelling because it's just people... I don't think it would add a lot. No, it's just people staring into a camera with a microphone and headphones. There is a, a universe where Relay does pure or adds some sort of video component that's way down the road if ever because that would require a lot more people and space and how do we do that when we're like 100% remote but uh, I think doing like just making connected a video podcast just isn't interesting to me uh, because it's just us sitting in the dark talking about computers uh, Zach asks what are the origins of your switch on tagline <laughs> that you sort of, sort of had but have never used, and why haven't you ended up using it? <sighs> this is 100% your thing. So if you're wondering, like, you're like, what are you talking about? It's in the footer of our, uh, of our website, and it's in some Twitter banners. It pops up every now and then, switch on. Yeah. I mean, I just felt like we needed a tagline, uh-huh. and so we did that, and it just never got used. It's not in, like, the official logo we use. It's kind of in the footer sometimes. It used to be in more places than it is now. It has slowly faded. Because it never caught on and we never used it for any... Like, I never think about it until I see it. Do you even remember, like, why? No. Like, why switch on? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we just felt like we needed something more. And, I don't know, it never really went anywhere, which is fine. I, I mean, I naturally expect, like, we're doing this thing again where Simon's going to send us a message and be like, oh, I came up with that, like, the Probably. entire name for the company. He did Which is always funny. He's like, I don't remember where the name of our company came from. I'm sure one, even me or Steven recommended it, but our designer Simon came up with it mm-hmm. uh, because he's a genius. And so I expect that he probably came up with Switch On as well, but you really, like took it so this one this made me want to bring up relay.fm oh my gosh okay because you did it during the pingdom ad no I don't I, know. yeah i did i was kind of like going for the url uh-huh but you get the urls and none of the other websites but now if i edit that ad like i was going to now i have to cut this out so you've created some sort of paradox in my editing no because you're gonna have to keep that in because i'm talking about this whole i want to talk about relay.fm okay. as a thing right now because this definitely ties into your feelings like so the switch on tagline was something that you really liked and i didn't dislike it but like you really wanted it like used in a lot of places right because you are a person who believes in like consistency of branding yes which has been very useful for us like just from a branding perspective which is why i also in my mind like the design part of our business mostly falls in your remit right because you're very good at that but this also comes to the name of our company right the name of our company is Relay FM. That is the name of our company. Yes. A lot of people write it as relay.fm, which I totally understand because it's our URL. And if you're going to write something not correct, at least putting the URL in instead is good, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of calling it like Real FM, which we get a lot. Yeah. Uh, like R E A L, which is hilarious. Um, so, like, you know, if you're going to do it that way. But, but that I know frustrates you greatly. But the funniest thing is the idea that when we launched, we decided we were never going to call it Relay. We would always refer to it as Relay FM. Mm-hmm. And when people started calling it Relay, it was like, no, don't do it. Don't do that. Yeah. Call it Relay FM. At this point, we've let that go completely. We have. Right? Yeah, because it's like just... Like 100%. We just lost that battle. 
Yeah. But like even me and you, like just naturally, it just felt like, oh, I can't even keep hold of this. Yeah. Right. That I would just call it relay. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that slipped away uh, is just is the idea of relay FM. But the relay.fm thing, I know is just like we're never going to you're never going to win that battle. But I agree with you that we have to try yeah. to keep it because our company's name is not relay.fm. Right. It is relay FM. That is the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, as I say, as far as like getting something slightly wrong, having the actual URL is like that's that works pretty good. It irks me sometimes when like when our hosts do it. That's really what irks me. <laughs> but you did it. Well, I was going to fix it, but then we did all this. So I just want to I want everybody to know that you're fallible. On occasion, I make a tiny error. But yeah, switch on. Never. Maybe one day we will have a new tagline that we'll use more. <laughs> but for now, switch on. I think the only places on the website there. is in the footer. Yeah, that's the only, but and then there's a few Twitter banners. I remember when you were very, very like consistent on Twitter banners will be in the same. Yes, and the Twitter handles, and I lost that too. The problem is with because, consistency because our format of Twitter handles is bad. It is bad. The problem with consistency is once you start adding people, you just lose. Right, like if it's just me and you doing everything, I can enforce it. All right, so I want to make a petition now to see if anybody can help us. At Relay FM <laughs> has always been suspended. If anybody can help us get that, please help us. We have tried the trademark route. We have a trademark on our name. Twitter will not pay any attention to our requests. The reason that so many of our shows are underscore something FM is because we couldn't get Relay FM. I would really like that Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. Me too. Like, wouldn't that be nice to have? No one no one has used it in over five years. It has been suspended. Uh, we would really like it. And then we could go for a little bit more consistency in our names by dropping the underscores where possible. All right. Lee asks, how do you plan getting new voices onto the network rather than the usual rotation? Can I answer this? Sure. So I've been thinking about this question a lot. I think that where we are today in 2019, I'm happy with the progress that we have made from when we started. Uh, when we started, we had zero diversity in, in our host makeup. Um, and since then, we have worked very hard um, to try and balance that a little bit better. I'm happy with the progress we've made. There is always more progress to make, right? Like you can always continue to go down that route. So I... You know, we are always going to continue working on it. I am happy that I believe that we have helped some shows get off the ground with hosts that were new to podcasting. Well, they, I know that they were, right? Like we have helped many people. It's like their first show. They've been as part of a panel and that's really great. Um, and I would like for us to continue to keep doing that. Um, unfortunately, like we do not have the ability to work with everyone that we would want to. Like as it stands right now, we have very limited resources that we're able because we're very involved, right, to a point. And and I think that we have limited resources. Even if like we never need to interact with the host of a show, still having any show on the network takes resources from us. Like attention and making sure that everything's taken care of. Because I don't want anybody to ever be on Relay FM and it's like, oh, it's basically like just having an account at Libsyn, right? Exactly. Because we're not a podcast host, right? Like we are not a place where someone just hosts a show. We don't want to be like that. So we don't have the ability to take really any of the pitches that we get because we get daily people wanting to have shows on the network. And it's just not something that we're able to do. And one of the reasons for this is because we cannot guarantee success. 
for any person or any show. Um, and this is especially true for people that are brand new. So we give resources and advice and assistance, but it is impossible for us to help somebody find a sizable and long-lasting audience. Like this is not a thing. Like we are not able to take Relay FM listeners and just point them towards a new show. We can do everything we can to promote it. We can mention it. We can have it. But like, it is not a thing where we can guarantee success for somebody. Like, this is just not a thing. I wished it was, but it isn't. So, like, we can give all of the assistance that we can, but we can never make guarantees. So, this is something that needs to come from the show, the individuals, from the content to help grow something. So, we have to continue to find a balance between new people and people with existing audiences because if we have limited time, considering we are a business, like we need our shows to make sense for us. And if people want to make money from a show, they have to have an audience that they're bringing to the show. And there's, there isn't too much, unfortunately, that we are able to do to guarantee that for someone. We cannot guarantee it. So basically, this is a really long way of saying, I think we have brought a lot of people in that you may have never heard of before, but now they're like really popular and successful people. Um, we are continuing to try and do that. Uh, we have um, a show launching pretty soon that has a host that I would expect the vast majority of our audience has never heard of before because they're in a completely different world to technology. Uh, so we're going to keep trying to do that, but we can't really just take pitches anymore. I mean, it tends to be that a show that we launch on Relay, one of the hosts is known to us or known to someone on our network. And there's been like, I think that you should talk to this person kind of thing, because that's just where we are. We are at a stage right now where we can't add shows very easily. Um, so when we do add shows, we do think long and hard about the makeup of the people, because we are not in a position anymore where we can just add as many shows as we want. So when we have a new opportunity come our way, we're like, is this meeting the goals that we have as a company for what we want our diversity to look like? And we just keep working on it and we keep trying, um, but we're not in really a, a place where we can just do everything. I hope that that has answered the question. <laughs> yeah, well said. I don't have anything to add. Max asks, I was curious what traits you find are best in a host. Who do you like and what do you like listening to and what do you look for in hosts for shows? I think it's somebody who has a, a point of view and a voice that is unique but also, like, with that, on the, the opposite of the coin is somebody who can do it for, like, the long haul. There, there are lots of people who have good ideas, but we want to work with people and want to do projects that are long-lasting. And if you look at our roster over the, fi over the five years, there have been shows that have ended. I spoke about, you know, three of them that I... I'd... The vast majority of shows that have ended have come from you. Yes. I mean, I dug <laughs> the graves for all three of those shows myself. <laughs> but but really, most of our shows last a long time, and we, we want to have relationships with hosts that, that span years. And so that's something we always look at, too, both from an idea perspective and a host perspective. But somebody who can bring something unique to the table with their background, their expertise, their view of the world that is unique and interesting is um, – you know that, that's, that seems really easy, but it's not. And, and I think for both of us – we sort of have uh, we've you know either had always or have learned kind of what that means and what that looks like in different content areas. And our final question comes from Odin. What a name! Who asks? 
I know. I don't think. I'm not sure if this is their real name. It may be the the name that they choose on Twitter. I hope it is their real name. Maybe they're the real Odin. Oh boy! Then this this question has even more gravity now that the Odin uh, was Lord of Thunder. God of Thunder is asking this. Oh, it's no Thor is God of Thunder. Mm-hmm. Odin is just like anyway. Odin's Thor's dad, but I don't remember what Odin yes is God of if anything. Anyway, how has your company strategy changed as you look at the next five years? How will you ensure that you keep trying new things? I don't think you have to keep trying new things, do you? Is that a thing? I think that you need, we need, we are, like, I think we've done a good job of this, of evolving our idea over time and evolving Mm -hmm. what a Relay FM show is and how it works. That is something we will always look at. We always want to make sure that we're remaining relevant. We want to make sure that we're remaining interesting. And maybe that's what new things means, right? Sometimes. I don't think new things mean that we're going to start all of a sudden uh, a YouTube channel or we're going to start a, you know, consulting firm where you and I are doing something on the side, you know, based on relay. Like, I don't think it's that stuff. For me, it's always remembering what works and and how we got to where we are through hard work of ourselves and hard work of other people and the relationships we have with our hosts. That's the most important thing to me. And and making sure that that recipe is always tended to and that it works in the environment that we're in. And look, our industry has seen a lot of change over the last five years. And I think the next five years could see even more change with more players coming in, companies, big media companies coming in, spending lots of money, doing lots of things. Some will be successful, some will not. Through all of that, what what will keep Relay FM uh, alive and well is us relay.fm relay do relay.fm switch on <laughs> what will keep us switching on is really remembering and focusing on what makes relay stuff good but with an eye cut towards are there any big shifts happening in the larger ecosystem that we need to be aware of and so far just candidly there haven't been many you have companies doing big stuff now that's really affected us. We work with some of those companies. We know a lot of people doing interesting things. But what what has made Real FM successful for the last five years, that will be a thread through the next five. I, I guarantee it. I love that answer. What a great way to finish. Switch off, Stephen. Switch off. <laughs> Someone had a really good idea in the chat room that we should replace Switch On with a text from the Challenge Coin, which also for sale in the store, uh, the text oh. is... Creative, Creative, curious, curious, obsessive. That is our actual, like, we came up with that as, like, the secondary tagline, I guess. Yeah. But didn't use it everywhere. Relay FM is an independent podcast network. People who are creative, curious, and maybe a little little obsessive, just like its hosts. Yeah, it should say creative, curious, obsessive. I like that. Who came up with that? That was, I'm scrolling in the chat room, I'm sorry, Dave G. Thanks, Dave G. Thanks, Dave G. Dave G, if you don't own a challenge coin, shoot me an email. We'll send you one. Oh, damn, son. Look at yep. that. You have to prove your Dave G somehow because IRC is yep. useless. All right. So there are some links in the show notes. Mostly we just talked about ourselves. So sorry about that. Uh, but you can find those at relay.fm. Don't apologize. Connected slash Be proud of yourself. 256. You did this. You did this. Five years. You did this. Be proud of yourself. You did too. No, I'm just saying. Like, I am proud of myself. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> oh, don't worry. <laughs> no I don't one needs to tell me. That. <laughs> if there's one thing i can do it's be proud of myself totally no, fine you, own it man you did this yes don't apologize anyways uh so there's some links there 
If you're listening to this the day it comes out, the day after it comes out, and you want a Relay FM fifth anniversary shirt, time is running out, so go check that out over on cottonbureau.com slash stores. Pins and challenge coins. Still FM. available. Go buy them. Challenge Sorry, coins. I just spoke over the URL. Let's say it again. Uh, I think it's relay.fm slash stores, the short version. Let's see if I, that redirects. Nice. Or you can just go to Cotton Bureau and search Relay FM and yeah. you'll find it too. Or just make it your homepage. I mean, honestly. Yep, so you'll always be ready for the new merch. That's right. Merch. Um, yeah, relay.fm slash store. Yes, that redirects. take you there. That redirects. After two redirects, but it will take you there. Shh. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Let's not talk about that. I don't want to know what's holding that together. You can, tape. <laughs> tape and luck. Uh, you can also check out our membership at relay.fm slash membership. We uh, we love our members. We love everybody, but our members hold a special place in our heart. You know, can't lie. Mm-hmm. Favorites. One day, Federico will be back. In the meantime, if you want to follow him on Twitter, you can do so at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Yeah, he's not going to be here next week. He's not going to be here next week because he's not coming to San Francisco. Uh, yep. He used to write at MacStories.net. At some point, a beautiful iOS review will appear. So, stay uh, stay tuned for that. Uh huh. He's he's in he's like in it. He's not talking to us. He's like, yeah. I, we spoke about this last time, right? Like, we're just not really sure if he's like what's alive. going on. If he's alive. If he's yeah. just all automated. I don't know. Yeah. Oh my god! I just found I was adding uh, previous Q and As to the uh, mm-hmm. to the show notes, and I came across this 2017 and. It's a video, and you look like a baby. Uh, I didn't have a beard. No beard. So the pre- baby okay. So the previous QAs will be in the show notes. Yep, that was as per request of champion question asker Kate, including one in which I'm very sick. <laughs> very sick. You're always sick for the important things. Uh, so you can follow Federico or what's left of him. You can follow Mike on Twitter at i m y k e. Mike, of course, is the host of a bunch of shows at relay.fm slash shows. You can check those out. You can follow me on Twitter as ISMH, and I write 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Pingdom, DoorDash, and Smile. And until I see you in just a couple of days, Mike, say goodbye. See you tomorrow. <laughs> it's literally tomorrow. <laughs> Sweet dreams. <laughs> <laughs>